Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast, today with another interview from a fringe artist from the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival. Um, and I'm joined by uh, Guy Masterson, who's uh, international, uh, Centre for International Theatre, who's uh, again coming to the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival, uh, with a base around uh, high ground. Uh, welcome back to Adelaide. Thank you. And uh, back. here again, is this season three? Or this is season three of CIT, but it's... Uh, it's also my, I think it's my eighth Adelaide festival. Wow. I, came, I initially came in 2004 with um, 12 Angry Men yep. as part of the international festival. And then I followed that up in uh, 2006 with my season of Wonder McWood at yep. the Union Hall. And then uh, in 2007 with Fern Hill and Wonder McWood at Holden Street. Mm-hmm. And Animal Farm, I think, played there as well. And then in 2008, I came with uh, American Poodle, Follow Me, and Goering's Defense. 2009, I came with um, Oliana and Animal Farm. And 2010 was our first year with CIT. Too many shows to name. Yeah. Um, now, I, but obviously, this has built up into such a strong showing of theater in Adelaide Yeah. Um, how are you finding the performance to put your program? Well, I, I go on uh, gut and uh, I, I go when I when I see a piece of theatre that works, mm-hmm. um, I make a point of, uh, of, of of trying to figure out whether it can work in Adelaide um, yeah. uh, for this particular audience, whether it's whether it's tourable, whether it's possible to actually transfer it down here, um, and uh, so when I, when I'm piecing my season together, it's um, it, it has to tick many boxes um, but first and foremost quality and for example uh, Driving Miss Daisy it's not something that I would necessarily have lent towards producing because it's produced a lot Yeah, uh, it's a famous play um, but when I saw this particular production uh, I was bowled over by it and uh, because it's so crisp it's so it, it's so sharp it's beautifully produced and um you're not you're not dazzled by the stars within the show. You're dazzled by the writing and the performances. Whereas when you go and see Vanessa Redgrave and uh, James Earl Jones, for example, you're not watching the play. You're watching the stars. Yeah. So you forget what a great play it is. And this production reminded me of how how great a play it is. No, it's always when the actors. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of credit to put on seeing big name actors. Yeah. To, my preference has always been to see big name actors act or people that can act well. And Absolutely. You can tell if someone really comes to role, you escape into that role, you believe that that person is standing in front of you. Yes, absolutely. But it's very, very hard to forget when you're dealing with someone of the stature of Vanessa Redgrave. Yes. I saw her play on, on a, in a film recently, uh, playing Queen Elizabeth, and I could never forget that it was Vanessa Redgrave playing Queen Elizabeth. How wonderful she was as Queen Elizabeth, but I never forgot it was her, which yeah. irritated me. I don't mean coming from the UK. I think you get many more opportunities to be disappointed by seeing Vanessa Redgrave as Vanessa Redgrave <laughs> than we do. Yeah. Um, can you tell, talk to me a little bit about your history in theatre and obviously from the UK and how you come to the question now where you're producing the seasonal shows here for the LA Fringe? Well, I. Uh, I started as a traditional actor uh, in Hollywood, um, and uh, 
you know, just auditioning and getting roles. And, um, and then one day I decided to put on a play with a friend of mine. We both wanted to do a particular play and we did it. And I ended up producing it, um, doing all the little things to, to put the show on. And I really enjoyed that process. But I never actually said to myself I wanted to be a producer. So I've become a producer accidentally um, in order to do the work that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, also, you can't rely on other people hiring you so to do the work you want to do, so why not do it yourself? Um, and the inspiration that I get from other performers, particularly the group that we've got here with people like David Calvito and Beth Fitzgerald, these are geniuses, really. I don't use that word lightly either. Um, and Bob Paisley, a producer in his own right, and a wonderful actor. You know, to work with actors of this ilk um, is, is part of the joys of, um, yeah. of, of producing. So that, that's pretty much why I do it. Fantastic. And, um, I mean, I guess, has there been any kind of themes in this? I've done a few interviews already with some of your acts, some of the performers that have come out, and the stories all seem to be incredibly deep human emotions, which I think gets to the heart of what we're Yeah. Um, did you have any kind of overarching theme when you were putting the theme together? No. Again, I come back to that. that, that. What moves me, um, I, 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 I'm attracted to, uh, and I guess Cameron McIntosh said it, you know, I, he said these words, I know when something moves me, it will move an audience. Yeah. And I think that to, to a degree that I feel the same way, that, that the audience seems to, seem to like the work that I like. Uh, it may not always uh, be commercial, you may not always get a lot of bums on seats, but they will always have that undeniable experience. Yeah. And um, to, to, to sit down in, in, in the theatre and... To, to be moved by a piece of theatre and to re be reminded why theatre is an important art mm. form. Um, and, and it's a form of communication you can't get anywhere else. No. And that, that thing of sitting in a theatre space and having a chance in front of you and having a story told and being part of that. Having a collective experience as well. Right? Exactly. exactly. Um, now, do you have to rush off? I do. Do you have to rush off now and then we have I, time to talk about your show now? Well, I can tell you about the half very quickly. Yeah. Um, the half is uh, ironically it's a one man show about an actor who uh, down on his luck who's um, who needs to reverse his fortunes and do a one man show yeah and he chooses to do Hamlet uncut four and a half hours and in order to produce the show he sells his um, he cashes in his life savings he sells his car and his father's gold watch and his, his wife has left him because of his obsession and um, everything rides on the performance. And of course, it's, 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 it's just before his first performance and he's starting to feel the pressure, yeah. starting to unravel. And he goes through all the nerves that an actor goes through and more. And uh, it, it's a comedy, basically. Um, uh, and he also suffers from all those theatrical traditions, like you can't say the Scottish play, that you, you, uh, you must touch wood, uh, you must turn around three times, knock the door three times and come in if you say that Scottish... You say the Scottish play. Um, you can't whistle in the dressing room. He's beset with all these, um, yeah, with all these superstitions, and he's also beset by um, a, a horrendous sense of uh, insecurity that he's not not good enough to to do the work. And all of this just before he goes on stage. So it makes for a very funny experience, but also very true. Well, I mean, I've worked as a stage manager in theatre before, and that moment, that half call, which is thirty-five minutes. Up. Um, quite a lot of actors change 
yeah. at that moment when they get the call and if you did somewhere in you know, a statement I don't like to I like to leave them to it it's yeah. like last to go their brain is their last time to jump into character to leave themselves behind and yeah. inhabit someone um, how do you get that the majesty the majesty of that moment the size and of that moment and get well I think that it's because we um, because I go through it so often uh, yeah, uh, um, it, recreating it—it it really isn't an issue. I think that um, I, I think the question is what makes this play uh, entertaining. I think that because people don't realise what an actor goes through, nor yeah. should they have to realise no. what an actor has to go through. It's not their job to realise, but it's actually quite funny. Bless <coughs> you. To to see it all come together, or not, as in the case of this guy. And uh, you actually wonder whether he's going to make it to the stage. It's, it's, uh, I can't tell you the answer. And he has some beautiful props to play with. I've seen him walking around with the swords <laughs> and the skulls. Yes. There's every chance we make it. Yeah, they do have their moments. They do have their moments. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so we haven't spent a great deal of time talking about it. it, it I mean, I imagine as a theatre, not myself, and someone who works in theatre, I'll have something special to get out of it. Oh, you'll, 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 I'm sure you'll see it. You'll see every actor that's ever walked in that play uh, in some form or another. Um, it is uh, Go Masters in the Half, uh, part of uh, your Centre for International Theatre at the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival, uh, performing in the main theatre at Higher Ground from March 3rd to the 18th, uh, along with uh, a heap of other great, fantastic works of theatre at the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival. Thank you for coming back to Adelaide. Pleasure. Have a fantastic season. Thank Took you very much. All the rest. Yeah. And... Uh, Many, many uh, quotes from Midsummer Night's Dream to oh, be safe thank you. That's what we from need. the other name. The oh, other I, won't, I, won't, I won't mention the other play. No, let's not. <laughs> thank you very much Brilliant. for your time. Cheers. Thank you. For more on this show and 922 others, check our website, linkadelaide.com.au, or you can find them all at adelaidefringe.com.au. And for the latest news and info from Link Adelaide, be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Link Adelaide.